tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Ladies, will this song ever not give you chills? Nope. <laughs> it just, it will always bring me to glee. And that's something that I kind of love. Well, hello, AfterBuzzers. We're here doing the final glee after show for you all. It's so crazy to say that. Uh, you can always find AfterBuzz on YouTube at youtube.com backslash TV, as well as on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, let us know what you're thinking, your favorite Glee moments. We'll be talking about ours in a little bit. And this, of course, is episode 12 and 13 of season 6 of Glee, and it's titled 2009, the first part, and Dreams Come True, the second part. I'm Stephanie Wanger, and joining me at the desk today... Hello, everyone. I'm Marissa Serafini. Hi, guys. I'm Roxy Stryer. I, I'm kind of already crying. I know. It's going to be so hard to get here. through this. I mean, as much as we are so sad that the show is ending, we've been a team during the show for so many years. You know if you've been watching us, so it's so crazy to us that this is this is ending now. But what I want to start with is, were you satisfied with this two-hour finale as a whole? Marissa? Yes, because I feel like they wrapped up people's storylines, people's characters, everything did feel very Glee, just how they went about things. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm speechless. Yeah, I watched it over and over and over again, um, and I think that they, with everything that's happened, they did as almost as incredible of a job as I could have. I was definitely satisfied. Are there little things that I could pick holes in and, and will in our hour breakdown of the show? Absolutely, but I'm just feeling so nostalgic about the show and feel like they really put some pretty bows on things that I needed to have bows. I, we've talked about the bows and that I was definitely someone who was looking for those storylines to be tied up nicely, and I felt like I got that um, 110%. I Yeah, I definitely had things that I wanted to be slightly different or what have you, but it did bring me back to that season one feeling of wanting to watch the episodes over and over and over again, and I haven't had that for a minute, so I was really grateful for that, that like it made me remember why I loved Glee so much. Yeah, and especially with the first episode, the first hour, it just really reminded the audience where everyone came from and how long they've and how far they've come from. Absolutely. I, I didn't feel like they had to give us the 2009, but I was so happy they did because it just made getting to dreams come true so much more important. Even though 2009 wasn't a wrap-up or a, a, some sort of compilation of all of the years, it just was a, a memory for me. And mm-hmm. it just was like, this is what was, and now this is where we're going. 
I thought it was incredible what they did and, and the fact that we did get two hours and we did touch upon every character and there were so many people coming back. I just, oh. I agree with you. I When I first heard they were doing this flashback, I kind of had two thoughts. One was that I do believe that they initially planned to have these as separate weeks. I think that they probably were going to have Dreams Come True be the finale and then 2009 as the week before and we would get that flashback and all that nostalgia but then have but that's just my personal viewpoint maybe Mm -hmm. I'm totally incorrect in that Um, and I did appreciate how much it it brought you back to that first season feeling and that I think it must have been really great for the actors as well to be able to go back to that and kind of remember the start of their own journey because they did have to kind of revert back for a moment. Yeah, and yeah. they did a great job doing that. I know, because we talked about how different they look now to when they started the show in 2009, and they did an incredible job kind of bringing us back to that younger time, I guess. Yeah, and it's not just physical appearance, too. It's just how they interacted with each other and, and their beliefs and how they thought their ideas of how they treated each other you know just like how rachel treated mercedes and how mercedes treated kurt like just the way they interacted was so much different and how they view themselves yeah so greatly different yeah absolutely you know yes the hair and makeup team did an incredible job uh, physically transforming them but i thought that the actors just nailed it sometimes it's really hard to get back to a place you were six years ago and they just kind of snap right back into it and I just remembered all these things from from the stutter to the you know Rachel just being so aggressive to poor uh, uh, poor Kurt who hadn't even found himself yet. Like there was just so many character choices that I I had completely taken for granted and forgotten about how far we've come. So I thought it was so important to have 2009 play on the same night that we had Dreams Come True. Yeah, um, the character arcs were incredible when you see them back-to-back like that. Because literally at 8 o'clock, it was like seeing, in some ways, a different person, but that's so true to life because that time in your life from... They were sophomores when they... When when they started, Most of them are yeah, yeah. When they started on Glee, and to see them evolve now to coaching the Glee Club, that's coming full circle in so many ways. So maybe you're right that 2009 and Dreams Come True were meant to be that pairing, and that's what we were supposed to take away from it. I'm not sure. There's something about this show because you guys know uh, I watch a million shows, mm-hmm. and I've watched shows come and I've watched them go, and I've been really upset and I've been happy or whatever it is. There's something about the ending of Glee that just is so much more moving to me than the ending of a lot of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. and I don't really, I can't really put my finger on why. It just feels like an absolute end of an era. This show has had such a large social impact that it's almost like a, a movement coming to an end. Well, it's... I feel like a lot of shows now, we catch them when we can. They're on our DVRs. It's, you know, on whatever other devices you're using, on your phones, what have you. And in a lot of ways, Glee, it was appointment TV. And Mm -hmm. I feel like you wanted to watch it. If you couldn't watch it at 9 o'clock when it aired, you were trying to get the episode as soon as humanly possible because you wanted to see it. And it's very unique in that way. Absolutely. Um, I agree. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go into this episode 2009 and talk about 
where these characters were at because I feel like we finally got a little more backstory on these characters. Of course, we we knew where they were. We had a season in 2009, but this was interesting to see kind of how Kurt and Rachel met and we had a little... I don't know, cameo by Blaine. I, I, which, by the way, I just adored. But that's, oh my gosh, amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Um, but Kurt and Bert, uh, my, I'm gonna miss that so much, that relationship. Right, right. You know, I forget because Bert has become such an accepting, incredible father Mm -hmm. where we did come from. And even back then, he was this amazing person. He always wanted Kurt to be happy and accepted, but he didn't really know what that meant. And watching Kurt's inner voice as he's saying, I'm gay, I'm gay, dad, please still love me, all of that... Mm -hmm. it's so crazy how long ago that was because now we know his dad completely loves and accepts him for who he is. But I, I remember that fear in Kurt and everything he went through and, yeah. and then uh, pretending he had a crush on girls and all of that that we had to overcome. It's like, again, I took for granted that he is now in a very successful, loving marriage. Yeah. <laughs> and he had to do a lot to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like watching that you realize that, like, it does come around, or you hope it comes around for people. It definitely did for him, because you forget that he started the pilot in a dumpster. I mean, that's where mm-hmm. we yeah. met Kurt. Yeah, and he was there many times. He was slushied a million times. He yeah. was dumpstered. Everyone. Um, I, I loved how just this whole 2009 episode was the first and second week, everyone leading up to meeting each other, and then the full first week of everyone just interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. And just how, how again, how greatly different that was and seeing where Kurt came from and just how he mentally thought of himself and that whole self-reflection just like wow everyone's just changed so much right and now he's so fantastic and he's very sure of himself but watching him approach Rachel and approach Mercedes and trying to like get their advice on songs to sing and make friends make friends and like Miss Jones and she's like yes that's you know all of those things I was like wow even back then Yes, his outfits were loud, but like he said, his personality wasn't. He let his clothes do all the talking. And what a shame it would have been. What a loss in the world it would have been if he didn't become the full-blown Kurt that he eventually did, you know? Right. So I, I just think it's amazing that we saw him blossom after being pushed down and pushed down. And and if little things had gone differently, if he hadn't met Rachel, if he hadn't met Blaine, if he hadn't met Mercedes, all these things, if he hadn't had the Glee Club, if his dad hadn't forced him to join this. Yeah, it's like good on Bert for right. getting him out yeah. of his comfort zone. He potentially never could have become who he was, and and we don't know what would happen. I mean, we we met him tonight, and he's picking up a pamphlet on yeah. pros and cons on whether or not to end it all, which was horrifying and devastating to watch. Right, and I guess kept thinking like, without that Glee club and him coming into Glee and all of them being in Glee together, like, one, we clearly wouldn't have a show, but more importantly, like, these characters wouldn't end up being who they became. Like, Rachel certainly wouldn't have a Tony. Like, none of them would have achieved what they did and made their dreams come true. Thanks, title of the episode. Um, Pun intended. Right, exactly. Um, uh, Without that, and that's why the pairing did work so well for me. Also, it was interesting to see that they were all enemies. They did not even start out as frenemies. They were definitely enemies at the beginning of this episode, and to see them come, and now they're so close. I think more so professional rivals. Right. 
You, you don't think full enemies? No, because even the way they interacted, they were still civil with each other and mm-hmm. whatnot. But it, like Rachel said, not to jump too far ahead, that yeah. you know you all shine on your own. We're we're good together, but it, it's this is show choir. This yeah. you have to. She wouldn't audition with Kurt. Yeah. Right. I think that at that time, that's the closest to having a friend Rachel was capable of. Mm-hmm. So yeah. her saying let's sing a song together and her doing that although she did not audition with him or take him to the next level I think that was the best Rachel could do at that time so that's why I don't think full-blown enemies because to her she probably went home that night and thought wow I just made a new best friend (laughs) so yeah I mean that's what she was capable of that's fair totally but if we saw Rachel nowadays do something like that we would be very disappointed in her but back then it was just like the classic typical Rachel Berry show yeah I mean and that's what Um, We kind of, that's what I took the most from 2009, was that it really, in Rachel's mind, it was the Rachel Berry show. Like, she she was not popular, not cool, but she thought she had it going on. She deserved every lead and would, like, pester Mr. Shoe to get those leads. Yeah. And she was a member of a million different clubs, and... She was totally that girl. Absolutely. (laughs) that, That girl that just, like irks you sometimes because she's trying to do so many things and it's like girl just run with what you love Mm -hmm. and do that and we did eventually see her do that and And she she was the girl who had to be the best at everything and then she probably kind of got to that point throughout all these seasons that she realized maybe she's better with other people I mean she's great on her own but other people make her better as well right yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's why watching her part of 2009 was really interesting. Um, you know, yes, she was making all of those posters. Her song choices were still incredible. And back then, she still was a star, but she was a hated star. I, like, I feel like she was a star in the making. Like, she had the voice. Right. But there's a whole nother component to being a star, and it's like an it factor or a I mean, I guess she had an it factor. I don't even mean that. It's like a... It's just still breathing. Yeah. Yeah. She had the drive and talent, for sure. Yeah, she had the drive and talent, but there's, like, being humble or the personality that makes you a star. It's, like, showing kindness and all of those other things. And now we see Rachel um, in Dreams Come True be that full-blown... Like, she is a full-blown star. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in 2009... Yeah. This was the, I don't know whether to say funniest or weirdest part of the episode, what she does with Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And she, like, pretty much stalks Mercedes, makes Mercedes take her to her church with her, goes there, and gives her this backhanded compliment about what an amazing R&B artist she's going to be. <laughs> I know. I mean, and I love that Mercedes picked up on it immediately, and she was like, no, that's right. not the way. Like, she stood up for herself Immediately, I think this was the start of the whole frenemies stage because right. Rachel now has competition, so no one was going to go up against Rachel. Rachel's always been the one person thing to lead everything, and now she has someone to compete with. Absolutely, and of course, the foreshadowing of Mercedes' mentor telling her, you know, one day, but you and Rachel will be very good friends. And I was like, little do you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Best. I feel like they're best friends. I mean, yeah. and they found yeah. their own. 
like like star they're their own stars now mercedes we'll get into dreams come true but mercedes has her own thing going on and so does rachel what about that whole thing with rachel and terry where rachel goes to sheets and things and that was my one moment where i was like oh like it's one thing to be competitive in the high school environment but this is your teacher's wife like if you did this in reality it would be so creepy and weird (laughs) right even on the show, it was creepy and weird. Yeah. Um, I was happy to see her fight for it, though, because I'm happy that mm-hmm. Will is still... Obviously, if he hadn't stuck with the Glee Club, it would be a completely different show. Actually, the show would have just ended. Yeah. But I will say that Terry monopolized a lot of time in these two episodes, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in 2009. And yes, she was a big part of Will's life back then, but oh my gosh... I and she's a big part of why Will is where he is now. It's true. That's true. I, I just mean, wanted more him Emma time though, because I love that. Yeah. I know. I I think I wanted so many of these characters more time with all of them, which just means like I wanted another season of Glee. Clearly, um, but Don't we all? yeah. But it's one of those things where. I did feel like we needed everyone back, but I didn't. I agree with you. Uh, Roxy, I don't think I needed that much. Uh, we mm-hmm. needed a, a taste of it to remind us, oh, right, Will was in this marriage where he wasn't supported, he wasn't mm-hmm. loved in the way that he needed to be, but oh my gosh, she, yeah. she really was in like 30 minutes of the episode. Yeah, but it was also showing, I mean, as much screen time as she got, it also showed that Will wasn't in, in a happy place either, which drove him to the whole glee path as well. Yeah, and one of my favorite and I think the most true-to-life moments was when he looked at Terry and was like, I will always love you. And the fact that we convince ourselves of things sometimes, or we mm-hmm. say things that we honestly believe, but none of us know where you're going to be in a few years. None of us freaking know. Yeah. So when he sits there and he's like, no, you're mine, and no matter what, I'll make this work, and I will love you. And that's what he thought he wanted at the time. But six years later, and then another five years later, what he wants is completely different. So I just think that was so poignant. That's a great point. I completely agree with you that dreams change Mm -hmm. and I think that that was a lot of what Glee was about. It's about figuring out who you are and how to achieve that dream. And I think that at the time, Will truly meant that like he wanted his marriage to work and he would do anything for it. But we've seen that he's just as determined with the Glee Club and with Emma. Like He wants to make it work. If he sets his mind to something, he's in it. Right. Back then, he was seeing the world as it was, yeah. not as it should be. Yeah. There you go, Roxy. I'm bringing it all back in, tying it all in. I mean, it's amazing. Let's, yeah. Gotta love it. I do want to go on to Mercedes, though, because I know we need to talk about songs and lots of other things for this, and we have so many songs in in this (laughs) two-hour show. Yeah, we do. Um, Mercedes, though, I love that she, um, I know we talked a little bit about owning it, and she definitely, that's somebody who really, I feel like hasn't changed. She knew who she was and is still in a lot of ways. Like, she's a better friend now, but she was a star then and she's a star now. Yeah. I, I love the confidence Mercedes has had because we see throughout the, the whole, all these seasons that every once in a while she questions herself. But loving, I like, I love the fact that right off the beginning in 2009, she was very self-assured of her talent and what she could accomplish. And then it was other people that came in, such as Rachel, to question her ability and bring her down. And then we see the nice conversation with her and her mother. And it's just like, yes, as great and talented as she is, she still has personal insecurities as well. But in some ways, all those people trying to bring her down only 
pushed her to be better, I feel like. It, Absolutely. You know, I think that her character wasn't as massive as other people's, but I do think that from 2009 to current day and even later in the future, what she did grow was um, a sense of understanding people and how to deal with individuals. Like, she was way more quick to jump down people's throats at the time. You know, Rachel said something and she's like, no, get out of here. And <laughs> with Kurt, you know, she. I, I feel like now she's better and doesn't judge people as much and kind of really listens and is better at uh, dealing with individuals individual situations, individual people. She's also more giving. Again, kind of the same as Rachel. Learned to show and was, like, willing to give her song to uh, what you can assume if it's going to, like... Was it... Sandy from Greece? um, No, to to Artie and Tina in Dreams Come True. Like, she definitely is showing a little more... Like, it's not all about her. Even if you look mm-hmm. back through the season, you know, she got that audition mm-hmm. for Rachel for the Broadway show. Absolutely. She came back to help out, whatever it is. I don't feel like in 2009 she was in a place where she would do that mm-hmm. because she was so set in her own way. She wasn't the most selfish of the characters, but she still did have that selfish side of her. And now I do feel like she wants all of her friends to succeed. Yeah. And let's talk about Tina and Artie. And... um I just think that this was so adorable. I don't even remember them being this adorable in season one, and I was kind of obsessed and wanted more of this in in the episode in 2009. I admit, it's cute, and it's nice to see that their relationship has been very, very steady and consistent throughout all these seasons. Yes, they had their ups and downs, but they were always good, genuine friends. And then to end it, as great friends and whatnot, I think that was fantastic to watch. Yeah, you know, I forgot about the ship kind of too, and they really, really had me going in this. Um, I loved what the way that they interacted with each other, that he, they pushed each other to go out and on the, uh, just do good things. Yeah, they were dared to audition, but they both accepted, and mm-hmm. I just really liked this. Uh, the Tina Stutter thing. Oh my god, that was the, the most hysterical yeah. callback to anything. Because yeah. we haven't seen that in right. so long, and she I was just like, stutter. yes, you being punk, and like, her inner voice just had me on the floor dying laughing. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing that. But you know, I've been re-watching a lot of old episodes, and I forgot about a lot of Artie's different love interests. When he was with Britney for a bit, and then, yeah, you know, um, mm-hmm. he did the kitty thing, and he was with Tina, like, he was... He's quite the, like, ladies' man, If you, yes. and you kind of forget it, because I don't feel like his personality necessarily makes you think like ladies man and then you go back and you're like oh no you've been with a lot of the girls right exactly but what I loved about this is sorry to interrupt (laughs) even though they're not romantically involved anymore Mm -hmm. the fact that what we do see is that they do become a partnership in dreams come true I loved watching how they started together and how they grew and both of their auditions which we'll talk about in a little but (laughs) yeah they nailed the Artie Tina storyline I think yeah it was one of my favorite kind of unexpected things because I hadn't thought about that relationship in a long time because we saw her for a while trying to be after Blaine and like she's kind of been all over the map in her love life and to have it kind of circle back to Tina and Artie made me smile and then to have that continue in the second half of the episode was kind of lovely that they found this way to be friends and like I feel like they're a lifelong friendship. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they've been showing us that all season, you know, when they we saw the two of them sit down in the chorus room mm-hmm. and eat together the other day. I just I needed season six to bring them back together in that mm-hmm. capacity and we really did. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And then mm-hmm. I want to transition, I think, to something that gave me chills. Like it seeing Corey Monteith Finn on screen again 
I know. Like, there's definitely been moments throughout the last few seasons without him being there, but it's just was so going back to that pilot and having don't stop believing it's what we started our episode with and it's everything that glee was and seeing his connection with leah michelle rachel i don't know it's just everything to me right you know it's weird because you you have to think to yourself what if what if that hadn't happened Mm -hmm. and when they are all taking a vote Mm-hmm. Whether he should stay in the Glee Club or not, I know. you have to ask yourself: What if it had gone the other way, yeah. and everybody's lives would have been different? And yeah. I just I thought that that moment was so strong. It's like a sliding doors moment, you know? And yeah, you're, yeah. exactly. And <laughs> yeah. you're just thinking like, Wow, oh my gosh! Thank goodness that this fell the way it fell. Um, and and I, yeah, they just did a great job. Yeah, I I think it's fascinating how again it shows how people viewed each other back mm-hmm. then, and even they were against. Finn and what he represented at that time and his character and like it is his intentions as genuine as ours mm-hmm. joining the Glee Club because yeah. he might take over being the captain of football team and all that so just again just showing how people change and their big decisions can lead to big big yeah. moments in their life. I mean when he started on the Glee Club he was forced into it he was like in the shower and Will found him singing in the shower yep. but I think it became as important to him as it did to any of the others that were there. And it was interesting, though, to bring it back to that point where they weren't sure what his deal was. Because I feel like that might be a natural reaction if you had, like, the football star come into the Glee Club. Like, why are you here? Do you like a girl? Like, what's your purpose here beyond, you know, right. singing? And mm-hmm. and watching everybody recall, what like, change their mind, we see Artie and he says, no, he actually mm-hmm. did. He, he wheeled me home after that happened. And Kurt even says, well, he did have me take off my jacket, so that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody kind of had their Finn moment, which showed that, yes, Finn did change because he he grew up a lot and he made manlier decisions. But he, at the beginning, he wasn't ever a bad guy. No. I he, mean, I don't think anyone who's seen Glee from the beginning, he was, like, young and confused as you would be as a sophomore in high school I feel like but he was never a bad person like I would never define him as that like he made mistakes of course they all have across the board but he was a good guy right even mm-hmm. like Puck was more malicious though like yeah. Finn was never malicious he kind of was just going with the long as, yeah. as things were going and to see him actively make decisions to start changing that and to Glee Club for them to accept him and I just I'm so glad they added that moment yeah and adding more because Finn was also the one to help Puck get into the Glee Club right yeah. so crazy to think about what this show would be if, if that vote had gone another way it's not something that I like to think about in all no. honesty <laughs> Um, so let's talk about the songs, uh, from the first half of the episode, uh, or I should say from 2009, from the first hour. Um, that started out with popular, it's a, of course a wicked song, Rachel <laughs> and Kurt. I couldn't get enough of this number. I was annoyingly singing along to it with you guys. Sorry. <laughs> it, just, it brings so much more meaning to yeah. Defying Gravity. It does. Yes. And when they finally went to stage and they were singing together, yeah. now it's like, oh my... No, it's not like I didn't get it. It was still an amazing moment. But now it's like, wow, it's even further than that. Oh, they nailed this. The performance was awesome. Him chiming in. It just was so good. Popular. Oh, yes. there we go. Stephen Rock. Yes, yes. I mean, incredible. And he, even the, the lyrics and 
what was going on with their storylines at that time. They're they're all not popular, and they're trying to find themselves and their identity and whatnot. And so it even just works with everything that's going on. And then again, yes, foreshadowing their competitive uh, status against each other. And for, like crossing their arms. Yeah. <laughs> it did. She's like trying to push them out of the way. <laughs> yeah, but in some ways it like completed the puzzle of, of that friendship to me. It was like, oh, okay, like I can see where they like where it started for them that they both weren't the most popular and they could connect on that level and how they've grown so i really loved this number and, and anyone can connect on wicked yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is one of those song selections they freaking nailed though yes yeah. <laughs> um just i will stop i mean <laughs> i just i'll listen to that song anytime anyone wants so it's all good to me <laughs> so mr cellophane chicago this is the song that of course um that Kurt uh Chris Colfer auditioned with. That's that's yeah. Yeah, you know, this in juxtaposition with popular is so interesting because it's about cellophane, you know, yeah. and being see through and nobody knowing your name and whatever. So it was just uh, I I really enjoyed this, but they didn't have really much of a choice for what they had him start with. No, and, and I liked how they showed the the different perspective on Kurt singing this because the original audition and the original pilot you see the whole front him singing and and then seeing it from Will's perspective of how he's viewing everybody in their audition. I really like that. I love the notes that Will was writing about everybody. Edgy. Whatever it was. I just thought that was so cool. He he started like piecing together who are these people. I don't know if anyone else thought this out there or you guys noticed this. I felt like in a lot of ways when we talk about cellophane and being see-through a lot of it was that in 2009 most of the Glee Club was invisible. They hadn't found that star power and then when we come back around in the second half that's what it is that they've they've found that right and, and so and that's the whole message of glee club it's mm-hmm. made it, how this show started was made for the f- misfits yeah. trying to find themselves and where they are in life and i also love to go back to finn for a second that you can appear to be the most popular guy in school and in some ways still be a misfit like, because yeah. mm-hmm. I think that that happens more often than you realize. Loneliness has nothing to do with popularity. You yeah, know, you can still be the most lonely person in the world and be incredibly popular. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. That's kind of what Glee Club represents: is that you can be at any social status in high school and still, right, and still feel like a misfit or or have something that you're nervous about or right. what have you. Um, and then I'm his child, Mercedes. With the church choir, her voice just knocks it out of the park every time. So you could you could literally give her "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" and there couldn't be that many complaints. So she sounded amazing. Uh, this isn't a song that is in my repertoire and yeah. that I really know, but I thought it was cool because we did get to transition from her being in the church choir to later on in um, "Dreams Come True" and see what she was doing now. So I, I do think that because this was a then and now kind of thing, it really worked. Also, it's very true to her character, too, because we see in the whole past seasons that she's a very religious person. Right. She's very faithful, and to see her character, her very first song, technically now, that she was still very religious, and she kept that, her faith within her, so right. I love how she never really lost that. Yeah, absolutely, and there are things about her changed, but you're right, mm-hmm. like, the fact that she still did save herself till marriage, and she still was going to church, and all of mm-hmm. those things, uh, it was cool to see, to bring back to the roots. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I just thought it was one of those numbers that's 
like a standalone in my car would totally listen to it and I wasn't super familiar with the song like you Roxy but it she did such an amazing job with it that I would totally listen to it in my car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And will. Um, so I kissed a girl like on the totally opposite side of the spectrum. Like you couldn't go more opposite. I loved oh, that Tina. though. And Kate, of course, Katy Perry, Tina, just it's a, such a fun audition song. <laughs> like, I just, I, I just, the, the like pelvic thrusting going on yeah. throughout this had me again. Tina just had me on the floor tonight's episode. Like, mm-hmm. usually Brittany's the one who has me crying laughing. Tina just crushed this episode for me. The, every time she hit her like thighs like that, <laughs> I was dying. I, and her voice is amazing. And again, throughout the entire season, it kind of gets overshadowed by other people's voice. So I love when she gets to sing by herself and people remember, oh yeah, she's really good. Man, yeah. what's crazy to think about is that, like, she started with Leah Michelle on Spring Awakening. Like, they both have incredible yeah. voices. There's yeah. no doubting that. Exactly. Like, um, and then, uh, Pony, which, <laughs> I, again, like, such a random, so good. but it's Artie, and it goes back to Artie's, like, R&B, fun. Soulful. Soulful. <laughs> this is one that I want Steven great. to pull up. Pony. Yeah. Pony. Yeah, you know. Oh my goodness, this was out of this world incredible to me. Yeah. Artie picks the weirdest songs that you never really would think would fit, but oh my god. He makes it work. Yeah, and she was like rapper or whatever. There was just so many different things. I, oh my god. Yes, thank you, Steven. Oh, his voice. His voice is fantastic. And I love it. It was simple. Oh, he's, and he's got the moves. He's in his chair. And he's wheeling. Being performing soulful. Yes. Hello, his voice. His yeah. talent. I love it. Oh, I love what he, the tricks he can do on those wheels as he's moving and grooving. Um, and he's still like the best dancer they have. Ironically I so. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this song was so good. And it just, he nailed it. And it's a perfect audition song. If he was somebody else, I would be like, that's very inappropriate. Yeah. Right. I, I I mean, I literally wrote incredible voice, impressive moves, and <laughs> like I'm sure swooning a little. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it was one of those songs that I'll think back and be like, "Oh, that was amazing!" Yeah. Right, and that's why he got all the rapping parts based <laughs> yeah. on his audition. Yeah, it's, so good. It's, it's, I'm, I'm glad that they went back to Artie's audition because I don't believe we ever got. Really, his first one. I couldn't. Re- I remembered. Um, I kissed her, like those other ones that stuck out strongly for me, and I couldn't remember what Artie auditioned with. Maybe we saw yeah. a second of it. You guys let us know. Yeah, I, you'll have to tweet at us. Let us know if we're missing it, what he auditioned with. If we are, we're not thinking of it this moment, but I want to before we jump into the next episode, the final number of two thousand nine. Don't stop believing. I feel like this song is everything that Glee is. Yes, thank yes. you. And I love how I feel like all we could have a dance party. Just literally led all of each, every single one of them up to that moment. Yeah, and we're seeing, like, yes, this is a Glee club. Seeing that from the pilot, I was talking to someone over the weekend about this, and that if you recall, the pilot for Glee aired the sum or the like. I guess after the American Idol finale before the fall mm-hmm. it premiered. Yep. And uh, and I remember just listening to this on repeat that entire summer. Everyone did. It was this like the so number good. one song. Yeah. Alright, number one, I was so glad yeah. that they didn't cover this song again and that they just 
put it in. Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. the most perfect. And the reason that all this started and having Will hear it and have that be the transition, it was so spot on. Anytime that also Corey's on stage, I just, and the fact that we just had that close up of his face to start and just all of them back in the red and whatever, I thought this was perfect. I thought that they needed it in this episode and also it prevented us from having to sing it on our panel because we promised would, you guys we would if it didn't. So thank you, Glee. I was yes. going to say thank you, Glee. And yeah, you do not actually want that to happen here. So <laughs> be glad they did a replay of that. And it was, it didn't even feel like a replay though. It felt like, like a callback to that time, but it didn't feel like I was watching the same thing over again. I wasn't at all bored by it. It no. fit perfectly into that episode. And they don't need to make another version of it because that is so iconic. Yeah. And so Rachel iconic. has her version too. Yeah, it's yeah. like they've, they've done it so many times, but this is the one time that really speaks out over all the other times. I couldn't take my eyes off of the screen. I love it. it yeah, it was incredible to me and just kind of in some ways, I wanted it. I know that, like, dreams come true. We were going to have a episode about the future and all of that. But it felt like it could have ended there. And I would have been, in some ways, satisfied with with that number being... I wanted every all the solutions of dreams come true. But I love that number so much, I could have ended on that. Right, because yeah. it was a bow. Yeah. But it was a bow on our past, and now we're about to get into our future. To the future. I perfectly stated, Roxy. Perfectly. Mm-hmm. I've been working on them transitions, <laughs> girl. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But before we get into Dreams Come True, go on iTunes, rate, comment, let us know what you're thinking. You can, of course, hit us up in the chat roll. Um, use the hashtag ABTVGlee. And we are always on Twitter, too. You can find all of us and let us know what your favorite moments are, what your favorite moments of this episode, these episodes tonight or on Friday when they aired. Um I yeah, I just want to know what you're thinking because we had so much fun talking about it before we came in here. What we loved and absolutely, yeah. and I also just want to quickly plug the fact that we are going to do something really cool for the last part of the show. We're doing something we call five, four, three, two, one, mm-hmm. where we talk about our favorite various things. So make sure you're staying tuned through Dreams Come True, and we will talk about our favorite Glee moments. Exactly, and I feel like there were a lot that su- will surprise you when we were pulling them up. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, uh, yeah, definitely something to stick around for. Um, so dreams come true. I kind of want to give, I guess, do like a status update on all these characters because we just found out where they were in 2009 or kind of relive that. We got to check in. We got to yeah. check in. Go for dreams come true. Um, <laughs> so dramatic. Back to the future. I know. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Is that? Wait, what is that? Yes. Is that yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, what song was that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Miss Doc and Marty, continue. <laughs> I mean, Kurt and Blaine. Um, I want to start there with their... Excuse me, call them by their real name, Clane. Clane. Okay, Clay. I wanted to be clear. Save some time. Clane. <laughs> all right. So if you've been Let's watching Glee all this time, you know they're Clane. Hashtag. Um, yes. <laughs> Hashtag Clane. Glee memories. Um... So, this was such... I, like, I love them. I, I, that's just where I want to start with this, is that I 
love this relationship. I love that they're a success story. We kind of talked about it with Kurt, that he finally kind of found his voice um, now when he's in this successful relationship, and he is really standing up for gay rights as well. Yeah, both of them are, yeah. especially when, not to jump too far ahead, when they go to the school to talk about children, mm-hmm. even to the younger demographic who are going to be questioning themselves and their identities at that age. It's like, no, it's okay to be yourself because we had someone who believed in ourselves and we we had a place where we could be ourselves, so you guys need that too. They're LGBT av- advocates, which is great. And you know, in 2020, we're still going to need people going around talking about their stories and showing their love. And I I really appreciated watching them because they know Glee is so self aware, as we already talked about. They know what the relationship of Kurt and Blaine has done for television and for society and people across the world. So the fact that they're continuing on that legacy. so incredibly important. In some ways, I felt like this was the version of the world that Ryan Murphy hopes to see in, is it 10 years? Uh, Like that... It was five years later. Five years years later, later, and then he did... Didn't they do it in 2020? Yeah, 2020. Five years. Five years, okay. I know, I still think we're in 2010, too. (laughs) No, I know, because I was like, wait, did we skip... Never mind. Because <laughs> I think I read an article long ago that it was going to be 10 years, and they changed it to five. That's what happens when you actually Just do okay. your research. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyways, regardless, so five years later, in some ways it was like, this is Ryan Murphy's dream version. It's They created the Harvey Milk School that... Um, it is all about accepting others and obviously Harvey Milk, a major leader for the gay, gay rights and the gay community. So it, that to me was really interesting. And then to have, um, at Lincoln Center, which is such an iconic venue that they're doing Virginia Wolf, the LGBT version of Virginia Wolf. Right. And I hope that this isn't a dream version for Ryan Murphy, by the way. I, I would love that this is what we have. And I think we're close. We're just not quite there yet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, their story was great. Um, the worst thing that could have happened is if we saw the two of them separated in twenty uh, in twenty twenty. So mm-hmm. thank goodness they're still a unit. They're doing well. Yeah. Uh, they made it through. That's why we went through all this crap of the ups and downs and the cheating and breaking up in New York and not whatever. Yeah. We're together. We're strong. Happy. Um, we're happy, and that was amazing to see. And well dressed. Um, yes, yes. I was gonna say like having success. I think it would have been so sad to have this. To have Glee end on any note that was not positive, where, like, Kurt, you know, like, his marriage had fallen apart and he's, like, struggling, that is not a version of Glee that I want to see. Right. No, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I was so happy that he is becoming this leader, and I think that, like, as you said, an example and something that, like, hopefully the generation who watch this can really learn from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then let's talk about, cause I feel like we'll get into their songs, which I loved in right. a few minutes, but Sue and Will, Will becomes principal. Well, I love this. Yeah. I, lo- I loved how we see all the struggles throughout the years that they're always trying, uh, you know, trying to sur- get the Glee club surviving, you know, they're, they're fighting for it and they're always, they're always working at it. And now the fact that all these years of obstacles and people trying to cut their program and whatnot, now it's like, now let's build a whole school around their program. It's just so great what they have done. Well, that was always kind of the, the dark cloud over Glee was that would the funding be pulled and you never knew, would it go to Cheerios? Would you, do they need to focus on academics? Like where was their funding? And to have it be like, no, this is what we're going to focus on. You've 
won nationals now. Yeah, first of all, let's just say that. They won nationals. They won yeah. nationals. <laughs> I was like, yeah, which, I mean, I have to say, that was the most predictable moment of the episode to me. I knew that... How could they not? That's yeah. why we got it over with, though. We started, yeah. they won, we were done. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. Didn't even see a performance. Right, which I was, oh my god, if the final had just been nationals, Insane, I would have been right. so bummed about that. Yeah. So I was, I was glad that they won, and then, more importantly, that they talked about that being the school for the arts... Yes, they were t- making all this time and excuses about why arts weren't good because test scores and whatever. But then they talk about, you know what? That's not true. Like, just because you are an art school with strong arts program doesn't mean your test scores don't go down. Doesn't mean all of these things. So instead, instead of fighting it, fighting it, just give into it. And if this is what people want, not all schools across the country have to be art schools, yeah. but there should be yeah. places for them. And what better place than McKinley after everything we've gone through? This was, a, I didn't see this coming. It was an amazing tie. And then on top of that, to make Will the principal, there's nobody I would trust more with that position. So yeah. I, I just feel like they left it in really good hands. And this is so something that I think that Corey would have wanted or that Finn would have wanted. So yeah. I, I just loved that. Yeah. yeah. And I love that Ryan Murphy, I feel like a big part of Glee's legacy will be the spotlight that it's put on arts education. And this is such a nice way of kind of ending that storyline that, like, you found a way of having a school that that is the focus of. And obviously there's been art schools and will continue to be art schools, but having McKinley be that feels like some, I don't know, it felt really monumental. Right, and we also see that uh, Emma and Will are still together. And they've got little kids running around. I was going to say, lots of little kids running around. And and I love Will's moment with his uh, child, and he's like, dreams do come true, because that was his new dream. Mm -hmm. That's what I kind of loved about this finale, was that I think we've talked about it before on our show, that dreams change, and that's okay. And we saw kind of some characters really throughout the entire series, all of Rachel, um, she knew where she was going and we saw her achieve it. And then we saw other characters like Will and their dreams evolved and they're making their new dreams come true. And I think either one is a great thing. Was anybody surprised by the fact that when he was sitting there, Will was sitting there watching the Tonys, Sue was there as well? I mean, I... I liked it, though. BFF, the vice president, just coming on over. I mean... Handing him a tissue. I was going to say, he shared our Secret Service with her. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, uh, we've got the VP in the house. I I was about to say, yes, vice president, Sue Sylvester. What? This does make sense. (laughs) She is probably the most political person out of everybody who who can, like, run debates and whatnot. And that's how Sue sees Sees it. it. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted her to say it one more time. I don't know if it actually makes sense. Like real world status, that would never happen. But in the show, it made great sense. <laughs> and that Geraldo uh, Rivera was like on her page, and they were friends. Now this was hysterical. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yes. If I'm judging it in a real world, yes, there are issues with that, obviously. And like, you can't have somebody who's treated people the way she has necessarily take on that kind of office. And right. there, there are things, logistics, that need to be figured out. But you also can't blow up somebody's car. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that being said, though, in some ways I was like, this is kind of what she's always wanted. Like, she she wanted the spotlight for the Cheerios, but in some ways she wanted the spotlight for herself. She went on local news. Like, in some ways she can create real change, and she was, like, the principal and trying to change things. She can create real change as the vice president. It's also using her power and status for good yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. I wish that Michael Bolton had been the president, though. <laughs> oh. 
I mean, I could have used a Michael Bolton um, nice. guest star in the Pirates. It wasn't necessary, though. We had no. Him. Yeah, I mean, we, we got that this we season. It's good. It's good, <laughs> definitely. Um, and I just, Will and Emma, I can just never get enough of, and I have to shout it out because I just feel like we haven't had enough of it this season, and I was so thrilled to have it. Well, because she was gone. I know. Yeah. I I understand, again, in the real world, why <laughs> actresses have to move on to different shows sometimes, but I wanted Will and Emma, and I yeah. got it today. And we did get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was great to watch them. Sweet. Uh, yeah. That, it was just a fun pairing. I mean, it's they're so such a fun pairing. Yes. Oh, I know. I think no that question. that actually helped with the 2009 yeah, to really Dreams like, Come True. I was like, oh, he's with the right girl now. <laughs> right. And she doesn't good. have crazy Person. OCD anymore. Just a little bit of OCD. Yeah. Just enough OCD. <laughs> um, or with the earlier in 2009, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. She, she couldn't function as a person <laughs> back then. And then you have Mercedes, who, I, again, I don't feel like her character arc was necessarily quite as large as some of the others, but she found success, and that's huge. She's opening up for Queen B, so uh-huh. obviously that's a huge wow. leap. Like, what kind of dream wouldn't, who wouldn't have the dream that if you want to be a singer to open up for Beyonce on her New World Tour? <laughs> what? This is crazy. <laughs> Slash, like, I kind of want Amber Riley now to open, open up, up for, for Beyonce. Beyonce. I was about to say, and then, like, recording your own that. album. Like, she is making a huge huge splash. Yeah, yeah but she, she gives a speech tonight that was really sad. She says, I'm probably not going to see you guys for a while, oh a long while. So, but also, I'm, I'm sorry, to, to add to this, this is when we saw her character a while ago, she get a tour. She yeah, she got a tour, but she wasn't happy with it. Mm-hmm. And this is a tour that can make her successful, make her happy. And I like how she's getting a second chance at doing what she always wanted to do. Yeah, I agree with that. I I do as well. And I have to say that I know it was a sad speech, but in some ways I felt like that was a speech to the Glee fans. She was talking to us. Yeah, yeah it was not, was. it wasn't about that she won't see her friends for a minute. Like, if you're opening up for Beyonce, like, you can afford a flight and you'll see your friends, or you'll Skype or whatever. You'll fly and, them to your show. Right. I mean, you'll make that work. It was more about, like, I might not see you all, all the Gleeks <laughs> for a minute, mm-hmm. but, like, it won't yeah. be the same because not we'll every still day. Be here. Yeah, not right. every day. But I'll find a way. There's like, always reruns. There is always reruns. And <laughs> yeah. obviously all these actors, we haven't seen the end for any of these actors. This is, if anything, the beginning. And we'll see them in other roles and other ways. I really wish that shows would do a once-a-year show after they're off. Like, just to, like we talked about, checking in. <laughs> just a little check-in. Like, yeah. one year from now, here's what's up. I mean, you know what's really funny is I think we've seen so many reunions of older shows in the last few years from, like, especially on Jimmy Fallon. And immediately when this episode ended, that's all I wanted. I wanted the Glee reunion. Like, I want them to be on Jimmy Fallon all reunited again. Right. And and I know I have to wait, but... Yeah, that's what I want. We'll, um, get, we'll get there. Exactly. Because I apparently just can't get enough of it. Um, and then Rachel and Jesse. This, okay, so I have to say, this was one of the more, I was not surprised by Rachel winning a Tony. I feel like that's where this show was directed. The entire time was Rachel finding success in New York. And so her getting a Tony, I was like, that's lovely. And we'll, we can talk about her speech in a second. But her becoming a surrogate and married to Jesse St. James, 
I mean, in the last few episodes, I felt like it could go towards Jesse. I'm not going to lie. Like, that was definitely something that crossed my mind, that was he her... I hate to call it Endgame because of Finn, but, like, at this point in her life, was this the person she was meant to be with? Um... But the sur- <laughs> the surrogacy really surprised me, to be Sur- honest. Surrogacy definitely was a surprise. Honestly, I mean, I like the message behind it that yeah. Clayne did so much for her her in her life. The only way she can pay back is being a surrogate mother for everything that they represent yeah. in the gay community. I, I did love that. that. I loved it as well. But I don't think this, throwing that in there for the last episode was needed. Hmm. I think that they try to do too much with her character at the end here. So everybody else, I kind of liked the direction that we went in uh, with her. I was really happy she won the Tony, mm-hmm. and I felt like that was her happy ending. And mm-hmm. if that had been the only thing that had happened with her character, I would have been really satisfied. Then if you added to that that she was a surrogate, it would have explored uh, more about her character and how she's become a selfless person, and what she was doing for her best friends was really important, and I would have accepted that to be a second thing that she did. But then to add Jesse St. James to it, who I did as we talked about a couple weeks ago, I liked watching her kiss him, and I liked the chemistry going on there. But uh, five years later, I didn't need to see her married, winning a Tony, and having a child. It, it just was a little too much for me, especially because it is so sensitive with Finchel that mm-hmm. I, I wanted to keep some doors open there. And so putting something so finite on this was really hard, although it was a better solution than her ending up with Sam, in my opinion. Yes. Okay, so... So I agree with you on the Sam front. I I think we all at this table agreed that that was not her end game, the final person we wanted to see her with. That being said, I you know I am the largest Finn and Rachel fan. Finchel was everything to me. I in some ways kind of love that they tried to put this bow on, on her. Like I would have wanted been, her to be happy. I wanted yeah. her. I wanted to know Rachel was okay. And to me, by doing all three of these things, showing her selflessness as a surrogate, having her, uh, Jesse St. James and her obviously have a rocky history, but that she found somebody who understands her life now and like knows her past and knows who she is now. And then to have her win the Tony, it felt like I can leave this show and know like Rachel's going to be all right. Yeah, I just felt like I would have known that based off of... She's such a talented actress Mm -hmm. that based off of her speech... Yeah. Um, I think we could have known that. I, and again, talking specifically about her speech, I thought that this was one of Leah Michelle's strongest moments as an actress, and I think she's so a lot amazing. of them. She really knocked this out of the park, and it was a lot of Leah uh, shining in because I'm sure she, this was her goodbye moment to Glee mm-hmm. also. Yeah. I thought everything she said was very beautiful, what she said to Will. I thought she nailed it, other than the fact that I cannot believe that they didn't mention Finn here. Yes. And I, I did want that. All I needed was one moment. And thank you to the person. She said, the person who got me here, and then she said, Will. I thought she was going to say, Finn. Finn. And then I also wanted her to thank Will, of course, but just say, Finn, uh, this one's for you, or something. Yeah. You, yeah. you did everything to help me get here, and I loved you so much. Like, even Finn if she had, down on me. Right. Even if she has moved on with another person, I do. I don't want her to be single forever. I want her to be mm-hmm. happy, but I, I just felt like no mention to him was really harsh. I, I do agree with that. I love that relationship 
And I do wonder if they wanted that to be, and I'm not justifying it, I'm just wondering out loud, um, if they wanted that to be her moment in some way. And But she was thinking, um, Will, so I guess in, in theory, like, yes, it would have been the right moment to have her... Um, to have her think Finn. Of course I wanted her to think Finn. I just, I think they were trying to have it be like, this is Rachel's New York life. Absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I think we're all in grants that she should have mentioned Finn at least once, but I think maybe also to add the the reason why she didn't yeah. is to make the ending of the episode so much more meaningful. Yes. Right. That's and true. that is a perfect transition into the dedication of the auditorium. And this was... I mean, the perfect way to honor Finn, to honor Cory Monty. It it just felt like, you know, that plaque will, I would imagine, will live on at the Paramount lot. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. for sure. And Paramount, the, the Glee show takes up the most stages at Paramount. Yeah. So one of those stages has to be dedicated to Glee. Yeah. yeah. Just having it say Finn Hudson Auditorium, everybody coming back, the speech that Sue gave, uh, and just watching what was happening and, and the fact that this would have been what exactly what he wanted, that was incredibly beautiful and bone-chilling for me. Yeah. I mean, so such a like poignantly sweet kind of I don't know, just a, a real moment. I felt like they ended it on something that is unforgettable. And I think it was great that, because I, I also question why Will wasn't the one presenting the auditorium, yeah. you know, um, yeah. being in the position that he is now. But I did like the fact that they had Sue doing it mm-hmm. and how she, her character explanation, how she first thought of Glee. And now that she's come full circle and realized, no, this is what Glee represents and this is what Glee does for people. And her coming to the acceptance of that she is all in with Glee. Right, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, the only question I had in this moment is, I understood why Bert and Carol were there. I understood why Emma and Will were there. I understood why Sue was there. I even understood why Figgins was there. I understood why Beast was there. Uh, it it was just a little bizarre to see Terry, Terry. at the end of that line, um, who had very little relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, there were adults that I felt had more of a relationship with him, like a Holly or yeah. An, yeah. or an April. I think that they went though for everyone they could possibly have back, and some of the people you're mentioning, obviously the actors have quite yeah. hectic schedules, of course. But even you know any of the other kids' parents. Rachel's dads or whatever it was. Right. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. I just feel like they... I I feel like that was more of like a, we want our entire cast on stage. Everyone who's been here and and made this show what it was. Right. Let's have them on stage. I don't think it was really about, like, her relationship to Finn necessarily. But I did, I had the same moment you did, where I was like, oh, she's there. Why? (laughs) But I see it's like all the adults who were there at the beginning are also there Mm -hmm. at the end. That's true. That's true. It's very true. Um... So let's jump into the songs from the second part of the episode, Dreams Come True. Um, let's start with Teach Your Children, which Will sang on his little ukulele, right? Oh, yeah, was, was sweet. Like and he was right. The lyrics say it all. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why the song worked, because yes. because of the lyrics. And, of course, because of Will. But uh, it, it wasn't, for me, the, my favorite of the night, because it, it's not something that I'm going to 
listened to a million times, I probably will download it, but it's not, it doesn't have the, the same potential as some of the other songs for me, but I did think that the lyrics matched perfectly with what he was trying to say. It was an amazing song choice, and just kind of the message that it left was so powerful, and I, I totally understood why this was a song that they started this episode with and because Will was the one who guided them all and kind of made their dreams come true to keep going back to the title of the episode and you know he was the one who encouraged them to think outside of the box that they Mm -hmm. were all kind of stuck in in 2009 and and reach up and I the saying is so cliche but reach for the stars in so many ways and yeah and the message of even if someone has an unconventional way of approaching something, just do it with a smile and and be like, let them be Mm -hmm. who they are. Absolutely. And while talking about that song, I think that uh, I just wanted to briefly mention, because I don't know if we got to it, was the fact that Sam actually then became the coach of the New Directions. So after we, you know, we're talking about teach your children, and then Mm -hmm. that passing that along was really cool. Yeah, I agree, because I think that, also, to go back to Finn, at one point, that was going to be Finn's kind of role right. to come back to school and to have Sam continue that legacy. I think one of them needed to stay at McKinley again for my own personal happiness, That like yeah. that to know that the school will continue on and Will is there and it, that that school is going to be as strong as it as ever. Yeah, and also Sam just knowing his place, where, where he is happy and where what he wants to do. Right. He said yeah. before, New York isn't my place. It's too fast for me. That's not what I want. It doesn't have to be his place. And if McKinley yeah. is his place, then yeah. Good ride that him. wave. Yeah. Exactly. And I love that they made multiple glee clubs now so everyone will have right. the opportunity to yeah. sing. It's it just like that whole storyline of becoming that art school and what that means. And the Glee Club no longer having to struggle. And potentials for spinoffs. Yeah. Different levels. (laughs) Just everything. Yeah, it was amazing. And then Someday We'll All Be Together, which is, of course, Mercedes and the Gospel Choir. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, This is Supremes, and I love it. Yeah. What an exit. This is exactly the kind of thing I love to hear Mercedes sing. So, uh, I mean, just could we have picked a better song for her? I don't think so. Her voice on this was just... I I wrote better than ever, and that's so crazy because mm-hmm. when I think of her, I'm like her voice is insane to begin with. So when I write better than ever, like I don't know, that's just I, to me. I could listen to this endlessly. Yeah, and it again, so, lyrically, yeah, yeah. It was so Mercedes fashion, like how she came full circle with everybody, mm-hmm. going from back to 2009, not really questioning people, and then and then now that all she has is friends, that mm-hmm. is her family, and. Yes, she might not see them again for a while, but she will still be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, this was one of my favorites. Um, I have a favorite tonight. Or, well, that's not necessarily true. I have a few mm-hmm. favorites. But the winner takes it all, Sue and Will. This was, to me, okay, like, I know we have others who really loved this on the panel. Uh, I love them together. And and thought Jane Lynch sounded great. I don't have an issue with their performance as much as like the song seemed like an odd choice to me. Mm. Yes, I I agree with the song choice. I didn't. I honestly didn't see Sue sing the song, but the lyrics of it and the message behind it. Yes, they're good, friendly rivals. They're frenemies, mm-hmm. and that's what they have always been and will always will be. I gotta say, and I don't know why, because usually I find myself to be more negative than both of you, but I thought that this was the perfect p- 
pick. Uh, the winner takes it all. And the whole time, the two of them have been like fighting for this top spot. And especially because Sue picked the song, she starts singing it. And it's like she's always been competing with him. And he really hasn't been trying to compete with her. <laughs> and just like, I don't know. And at the end, with the sh, and when she whispers butt chin to his ear, uh, just we weren't trying to do too much. You know, um, last week when we saw them, they're all dressed like Kiss and all that. That's amazing. But this was just like this simple, I thought that it worked perfectly, both their voices. I don't know. I thought it was great. Uh, I'm so glad you loved it. Because you did. clearly did love it. So it was fun. I, I wanted to watch Mamma Mia after that. Yeah. Or listen to all ABBA songs. I know. And I tried to hit some of those notes, but I didn't get there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, transition on to uh, Daydream Believer here. And this is the monkeys, of course, and it's Curtin Blaine with the cutest school kids ever. <laughs> They're so cute. Um, I just, this is one of my personal favorite songs. The original is so much fun, and this was just everything to me. It was so adorable and cute, and Curtin Blaine, I don't know. I just couldn't get enough of it. I loved it. It was fun, them playing with kids and the next generation that can be them in future years, yeah. and it was just overall fun, and the meaning and the reason why they were there, I loved it. Yeah, I about dreaming and believing and mm-hmm. like doing things with little kids in the daytime, and they're playing around and they're and they're just like jumping school, and it was so exciting and, and accepting, and I love this moment, and also, I love this song, so their voices, which are two of the best voices I've ever heard, yeah. bringing this song out was like, duh, it's yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, it, it was perfect selection, again. And Darren and Chris looked like they had so much fun filming it, too. Yeah. Like, that looked like a joy. Absolutely. I mean, and it was yeah. colorful. Yeah, just so great. And then This Time, which of course is a rig- an original by Darren Chris, and it was sung by Rachel tonight. And he, we had it in News and Gossip um, last week, I believe, about the this was kind of encapsulated his Glee experience and everyone's Glee experience. And to me, when you listen to the lyrics, it's a hundred percent that it was powerful and just so great. And it, what an- it was the meaning of high school, yeah. Rachel's life in a song. Yes, just everything, yes. First of all, I think that Darren Chris did an amazing job writing this song. Yeah. I thought it was great. And second of all, this was Rachel's solo of the night. In 2009, we didn't see, we saw everybody else's audition. We didn't get hers. Yeah. And then we get to Dreams Come True. And this just embodied exactly that. Mm-hmm. And I love that, again, being self-aware, a dream come true. What's bigger dream than having one of your own original compilations, Darren Chris? Mm-hmm. Uh, on this major show and having it have that kind of exposure. So doing for your cast what you want to do for your characters. I just, I I thought she was great and it was amazing and I needed to have her have a solo because again, part of this is the Rachel Berry show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I loved what she did with it. Yeah, I mean, her voice is just incredible. There's nothing Mm -hmm. else to say about it. You just, you could listen to her sing. I feel like she could sing the dictionary and I would just be like, yep, I'll totally listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And such a a great, amazing performance just from Leah Michelle, just how she how she sings every great song, but to end it like that, yes. Mm I completely agree. And then we ended everything, and we had this, um, we teased it in our news and gossip a bit ago. Um, I lived a One Republic song. The in- 
when I say the entire cast, I mean the entire cast singing this uh, together. Mostly, yeah. You know, I, this is so strange because I heard the song on the radio a while ago, and I was like, wow, this would be an amazing Glee cover. Like, they would yeah. do a great job with this. And then, yeah. lo and behold, it's the last song of the entire thing. Uh, this was really, really, it was kind of hard to watch because I had to watch it so many times it, because so much was going on. I wanted to catch every single person who's had one line before and uh, people mm-hmm. who we were waiting for from last season and people from this season. Just like so many people and I loved watching all their faces, but there were so many on there that you can't watch this once. Oh, I know. And I, I got to admit, the first time I watched it, I was watching it bawling through tears. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I I couldn't process it all and enjoy it as much as I could have cuz it it all just came literally flooding out. But uh, then I, I loved how they broke it up with everyone, how they revealed themselves. You had the Glee project members together. You had these season members yeah. together just or like these story character lines together. It it was just so great how they equally balanced just everybody into such big performance and production and song. I completely agree with it being overwhelming but there was something that for me it was like the perfect bow it was everyone that we've always talked about like all these characters we never see them anymore and everyone back on that stage together felt so right right and I was mm-hmm. thinking how are they going to get everybody back there but having it be uh, the tribute to Finn yeah. and his auditorium and that's why everybody came back that was so perfect too because it yeah. didn't feel like we were missing him as much oh, of course we're always missing him yeah. but it yeah. felt like he was there because yeah. it's his place which is great. I, I thought it was a really, really cool last song. Mm-hmm. I am a little surprised that they cho- chose such a new song mm-hmm. to do as their last song um, and not a classic, but I love the selection. I kind of yeah. thought they were going to do another Journey song, yeah, to be maybe, honest, maybe. To be honest, just to come like full circle with it, but I love this lyrically and the way it was performed. Also, a throwback to the red that it started with. Yeah, yeah. So and I felt like the song... It, in a way, reminded me of the I Hope You Dance by Leanne Momack. Mm. Always, like, choosing the better choice. It's like, yes, you might be scared in all your decisions, but I hope you, you know, be brave enough to stand up and do what is scary, because that's the only way you can rise. Right, and I love the song you're mentioning, but it is a little slower. This is that very is slower, upbeat, yes, which is great. We, yeah. I was glad we ended Same on a... meaningful message. Exactly. And you know how I love an upbeat ending. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's something that I always talk about on our show. You've that, only been mentioning it for four seasons yeah. now. Right? I know, exactly. That. Lights dim, everybody heads bow. It just, it felt like such a yeah, such a big moment and something kind of as Roxy was saying at the beginning, the end of some chapter. Yeah. Yeah, like that or the ending of the book. I don't know. And it, it felt really iconic in so many ways. And based on that ending, we wanted to do our own cool ending, I which I'm kn- so excited for. I know. Yeah. I, I haven't heard what you guys have to say yet. I know. I'm so excited about this. So we entitled our special segment today, 54321 Gleam Favorites. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. And so we're going to do literally, hopefully you can figure it out. Let's start with our top five Glee songs. Roxy, take us. Okay. So in no, by the way, these are in no particular order. These are just my top five 
favorite Glee songs. Uh, number one, The Scientist, oh. uh, which was so incredible. It's from season four, episode four, The Breakup, which is also an amazing episode. Um, and I just loved it because all of the people that I ship were on stage. And if you go back and you look, um, then it's just like they all, except for Finchel, they all really made it through. And it's just an amazing moment. Uh, number two is Faithfully. Uh, which oh, yes. that was definitely a, I almost put Great that on my list yeah. as well. Season Love. one, episode twenty-two. Uh, it was the final episode, and just an amazing Finchel mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three was Teenage Dream: The Warblers and Blaine version. Ah, oh, that is yes. on my list as well. Oh, I love it. Um, it was Can incredible. Yeah, the Warblers are so good, and mm-hmm. the fact that they made my top five is kind of surprising. But they, they just are that good that they had to. Yeah. Um, and then number four, because I have a heart, it's Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is probably on a lot of your lists at home too. Um, and yes, I'm, I'm talking about the very first episode, but then also in tonight's episode or Monday's episode, I think yeah. that they did an amazing job. Um, and number five, you guys know I'm the biggest Britannia fan of all time. So Landslide, uh, which I loved. Yes, Holly joined them in this, but just the glances back and forth. And I, I listen to this one all the time. So those were my top five songs based on re-listenability and mm-hmm. just performance and everything combined. And Marissa, take us through your top five. Yes, a lot of songs. Definitely songs that I just played compulsively over and over again in no particular order. My Love is Your Love. When everyone sang that um, at the end of Dance with Somebody, the Whitney Houston episode. I love that episode. Um, Another great moment, especially from Rachel, Roots Before Branches. Oh, Oh, that's, yes, that's a great callback. She's finally going to New York on her own. Scary moment, but amazing song. Uh, April and Will, when they sang Dreams. That duet, yeah, the two of them play off each other so well. In that. It's such a good song for a duet because originally it's not, but they were they worked that one. Um, another one from Rachel. A lot of them are from Rachel. Uh, With or without you, mm-hmm. that almost uh, that Rachel honorable mention. That's <laughs> a simple song, but oh, love it. And she's and just staring at him in it, and he's oh yes, my god, she's sitting there, so good. singing to the lyrics, such goodness. unforgettable and songs. and. Yes. One that I when if because it is an, an original and I first heard it I loved it from the second it aired. Uh, pretending uh. during their nationals episode <laughs> where they ruined it all <laughs> when, they, I, when they made out on stage in front of everybody. Worth it. I don't care totally what anybody worth says. It. Worth it. Pretending. Yes. I agree with you completely. So two of mine were on your list, Teenage Dream and Pretending, Mm -hmm. because you know me, I love a good Finn and Rachel moment, can't stop. Don't rain on my parade, Mm -hmm. Rachel. Uh, Just a Barbra Streisand, she's obsessed with her. Just uh, I would have guessed that that was on your list. Yeah. I would have guessed that. It's so great. Um, And then Blackbird, um, which when is Kurt Blaine and Kurt, yeah. and it, they love. kiss right afterwards, I think, for the first time, and it's just perfection. It's later that day, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great moment. Um, and then this one I think will surprise you. Um, I listen to this all the time. I can't even tell you. Um, what are you going to say? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Lucky by Sam and Quinn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. Yes. Great selection. Yeah, I just like, I I had to because their voices are so great together and it comes up all the time when I'm running and I. And you run a little faster. And I just love it. And so I was like, I have to include it. I know it's not maybe as iconic as some of the other moments we mentioned, but it's. Girlfriend doesn't matter. I love it. Um, Totally good. 
So now to continue our 5-4-3-2-1 game, let's go with four Glee guest stars. Okay. Okay. Go for it. We're going to quickly run these down. Okay. Yes. Number one, Grant Gustin, Sebastian. Uh, I love him on Flash now, too, so I'm obsessed. Number two, Adam Lambert, Stotchild, uh, <laughs> who's just incredible. Number three, Sarah Jessica Parker, who could do no wrong. She played Isabel Wright. And number four, Whoopi! Love um, As Madame Thibodeau, the scariest person to ever be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I have Gwyneth Paltrow, of course, Holly Holiday, you gotta love her. Number two, Kristen Chenoweth, April Rhodes, amazing. Number three, Britney Spears, of course. And number four, Neil Patrick Harris. Ah, and let's get a fan's top five. Steven? We have a bunch of people in the chat room who are really excited about what you guys are talking about. (laughs) So I want to shout out some of the fan top fives we got here. I took snapshots on my phone. So we have Caitlin McGowan says, one, get it right. Two, faithfully. Three, pretending. Five, torn. Or four, torn. And five, listen to your heart. I forgot about torn and listen to your heart. Oh, those are so good. (laughs) We got JDTV05, don't stop believing. We are young. Cough syrup. I want to hold your hand. And the scientist. Um, I love people. I love Heartland. Says, don't stop believing. Faithfully, we are the young, the scientist, and somebody to love. Oh, somebody. And then uh, Allie, I think is her name, who's Boo69Bs, says, Don't Stop Believing, Loser Like Me, I'll Stand By You by Finn, Daydream Believer, I feel pretty unpretty. Yes. Oh, that, oh. that matchup. Okay. That yeah. matchup. Yes. <laughs> I, I had a list of the best matchups Amazing. as well. I know. Yeah. Those are more honorable mentions. Well, their matchups are point. incredible. Yeah. All right, yeah. but we, I want to get to yes. your four oh. guest stars. Oh, so. thank you, everyone. Yes, those are amazing, and there's so many. It's so hard to choose your favorite songs, but favorite guest stars: Demi Lovato, of course, Danny, so fun, part of the New York world that we had. She was hot on the show. Got the blue hair going on. Yeah, yeah. and yep. Kate Hudson also. Cassandra, and I love the real-life friendship between Kate Hudson and Leah Michelle. Just, like, makes it even more special. Adina Menzel, of course, plays Shelby and Rachel's mother, and Mm -hmm. I just can't ever get enough of Adina Menzel. And it's even cooler because, number one, she obviously was Wicked on Wicked, and um, that's a big thing. And number two, her and Rachel look identical, so it worked out. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And then Jonathan Groff, who, of course, is Jesse St. James and has such a poignant part of the finale, I feel like, and is a good friend to Leah Michelle. You just like eggs being thrown at you, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, okay. No, I know. I... I just think that he is so talented and it's he's been such a big part of the show that it would be hard to not mention him when we're talking about guest stars. Absolutely. Um, An honorable mention to your boy with the dreads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Joe. Yeah. Oh, Joe. Oh, Joe. No longer with dreads, but he's still dreads in my heart. But still your boy. Yeah. Still my boy. All right, and let's go for some Glee moments. And fans, let us know what you're thinking. If you have any favorite Glee moments, shout them out so on our, Twitter. Our top three. Yeah. So we went five, four, three moments. Right. That's so three. Many. <laughs> three. Okay. Um, so in no particular order, I picked a moment from each of my favorite ships. So one, uh, when Finn buys Rachel the star, and he names that was it. mine. So we love no. songs. And he, and he names it Finn Hudson, and he says, because there's already a star named Rachel Berry, and <laughs> it was in season three, episode nine, and that was so good, and I loved it. Uh, uh, that was my favorite. Number two it. is actually a song, but it's the Teenage Dream acoustic version, because mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite moments. Uh, actually, the way that it sounds, if you play 
played back is not my absolute favorite, but the emotion coming from Blaine and just the overall moment with him and Kurt, and then there's Rachel and Finn in the audience, it just uh, blows my mind every time. Um, and number three would be the first time that, and this is a kind of a sad moment, but the first time Santana tells Brittany that she loves her, and they're by the lockers, yeah. and... Um, Brittany says, like, it wouldn't be right for me. I love you, too, but I'm with Artie. It wouldn't be right. And Santana's just, like, hysterically crying. And it's when, finally, she did open up, though. Um, I love that moment. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, of course, number one, it well, in no particular order, Finn coming back to Rachel's apartment and kicking Brody out Ooh. in New York. Great moment. <laughs> Amazing and only because that was Corey Monty's last moment on the show. Yeah. It was so devastating. But I uh, love that moment because I remember Sarah Mendoza, shout out to her, who was a panelist. Uh, yeah. She'll always be here in our hearts. But she was freaking out at that moment. I think everyone was. I yeah, Such a memorable it's, moment. It's cool that you mentioned that, too, because that's such a strong final moment for him, him coming back and standing up for what he believes in. I think that's great. Yes, yeah. and, of course, this also goes back to my pretending Rachel and Finn making out at Nationals. Yeah. that was just a moment everyone was, like, holding their breaths, like, what is happening? Right. And then the whole reveal that, oh, people are watching us right now. I <laughs> loved it. And then, of course, as cliche and maybe overused, don't stop believing. I mean, yeah, that's always just gonna a, be a moment. moment. I mean, that is just everything that Glee is about to me. But I did have silly love songs. Um, that Finn moment with Rachel giving her the necklace. Um, mm. And that, that is an episode that I just recommend you all go rewatch. It's it's so fun. And I I rewatched it a few weeks ago, and it, it there's something so enjoyable about it. It's a great hour of TV. Um, that being said, good the uh, the episode goodbye uh, where Finn. This is so sad, so it's hard for me to call it a favorite, but it's just a memorable moment from Glee, and it's so well acted when Finn takes Rachel to the train station and tells her to go live her dreams in New York. That was almost on my list. Yeah, Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's it's so hard to watch, and yet it's what again what Glee is all about. He's saying it's because I love you that I'm letting you go, yeah, and yeah. Then, oh, it was just the yeah. most amazing speech that he gave. Exactly, and it's like all of them are finding their way, and a lot of what Glee was. And sometimes you have to find your way on your own. Absolutely. Yeah. And then um, in a wedding, uh, I don't know the double wedding with Brit- Britanna and Clayne. I just loved it. I wanted to choose something from a later season, and I felt like that was a moment that really stands out to me from this year. Well, it's the fact that two of our big ships are sailing together. Exactly. (laughs) And so I thought that there's really no bigger moment that you could create. Um, And so I felt like that was a good one to shout out. And then let's go to our two. So five, four, three, two um, Glee characters, our favorite Glee characters. All right. I have to preface this saying, it could change every single day. So (laughs) I know that, you know, it does change every day. So as of right this moment, my two favorite characters are number one, Finn. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuz he's just the best human being and we love him and number 2 Santana because no matter what she did throughout I just always knew she would that she would get there to the end and and fight for what she loved and she had such a big arc and everything she did and her voice and it all combined I loved her. Uh, yes, um my two characters one Sue 
Uh, Only because she was so up and down, left and right, and you never knew where she was going. She was so unpredictable, and that's what made her character fun. You didn't know if she was good, if she was bad, where she was coming from, and but she had a lot of redeeming qualities compared to every horrible thing she's done as well. So it, it was just a fun ride and fun character to follow. And number two, I I gotta give it to. I mean, I mentioned Joe a lot, but Cassandra. Cassandra was just oh, nice. a, a really good foil to to Rachel, and also a complete opposite of Will. Is it was hmm. somewhat a new perspective that Rachel, an, another voice to push Rachel to her dreams as well. And for the short amount of time that Kay Hudson was on the show, she. She was in everything. She stole every moment, and her meaning and her character and the the message behind what she was doing and her really, amazing body, yes, and her abs <laughs> yes. really helped Rachel um, help become who she is as well. And I chose um, Rachel because I just have loved her voice this entire hearing this for six years and I've seen her live it just she's an impressive performer and I loved her character I think that the message there of that you know fighting for what you want and never giving up is something that you know we can all use a reminder of at times and and she was that to me and I feel like to many Gleeks out there so I chose Rachel and then Blaine he's just I don't know, enjoyable, and uh, to me it was when we were introduced to him with Teenage Dream. Um, oh, he, so good. I, that's my favorite thing ever, when someone, you can just see their star power, and Blaine, from that moment forward, for, for as many seasons as he's been on this show... I've seen him as a star. So that's why I chose those two. I love that we all had different characters. Yeah. That's how many amazing ones there are. It's yeah, so cool. Exactly. And there's so many that I still, it's so hard. There are many others that I could justify being as well. But right. today's, those are mine. And then. I narrowed it down to two. Five, four, three, two, one. Favorite ship. Um, I love this. <laughs> Your favorite ship. This has got to be the hardest question yet. Um, and we only get one. And I have to say, because of the way that this show turned out and because of all of the hurdles and everything that happened, I got to go with Britanna. And, uh-huh. I, I, and I know that you guys were going to think it's typical coming from me, and I'm and I'm a major Finchel, and I'm a major Clane, and I'm a major. I love Will and Emma. I, you know, there's a lot of them that I love, but Britannia has been through it all, and I think what they've done for TV is incredible, and they're both so hot together, <laughs> and I love them. All right, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Finchel, yep, because. They had so many great moments together. Their singing pairing, their their chemistry, their stories, and how they pushed each other and to only be more successful in life. I, I loved it. And all the most memorable moments I I personally feel of Glee are with Finchel. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot. It's so amazing. Yeah. And I also went with Fitchell, which should come as no surprise to anyone who's watched our show. I feel like I've made it very clear I'm a fan. Um and I just went with them kind of for two reasons, was that there are, there have been so many iconic Glee moments uh, with them, and, and that felt justified to me to choose them. And then the other reason is that I just love Corey and Leah so much that it felt like something that they were something that why I tuned into the show often were to see that pairing. So why else would, you know, like I just wanted 
more of that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible how many ships on this show really carried through, though. And, yeah. you know, there was a lot of longevity to them. Yes. So there, there are many options. And it looks like Steven has uh, some maybe fan thoughts for Guys, us. Guys, we got, we got tons of fan things. And, of course, mm. with a show like this that affected so many people, you're going to have a lot of people who want to get their input. So I'm going to just run through a long list of just shout-outs, if that's okay with you guys. Of course. All right. Um, let's see. I love Heartland X. Hashtag Finchel forever. Um, <laughs> Aponte97 says Britanna. A lot of people are saying Britanna. Anna Carrillo says Britanna. Uh, the My Eater, Rachel Slaps Santana. I don't know. Um, number one and two for favorite characters. Boo69B says Finn and Kurt. Um, Santana and Rachel from Beth McCallum. Let's see. Damalis Torres says, love me some Santana. Shout out to Jay-Z is awesome, who says, Puck and Santana. Uh, Abby Hill says, Curt and Blaine. Hunter and Sebastian, of course, Finn. We said two. Yeah. Come on. You can't choose them all. (laughs) Um, iNews Reactions says, don't stop believing. Loser like me. Girls just want to have fun and keep holding on with some and somebody to love. People are people are just loving these categories, guys. Well, you know, the good thing is that they can just keep the conversation going with us everywhere and, and keep on um, using the hashtag ABTVGlee. Exactly, yeah. and we'll be It'll totally be yeah tweeting and let us know what you're thinking. Like, continue when you're watching our after show or when you rewatch the episodes, which I'm sure we'll all be doing. Tweet at us. Let us know what you're thinking, and we love hearing from you. And Glee is definitely not ending for us. We'll still be talking about it. So join the conversation for sure. That being said, I think it is. Yeah, I, I just got to mention the last shot of the episode of yeah. the whole series. The plaque. We have to mention it. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Um, I, I'm, I'm so glad they included end. it. Yeah. yeah, it's so crazy to me. Yeah, like that. That's such a moment that you just will never forget. Any Glee fan out there, you just know that. That's a moment you'll never forget. It felt incredibly respectful. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. I really did, too. And I just want to thank all of you for commenting. Let us know, letting us know what you're thinking about the show and watching us every week. We love doing this show for you. And I want to give a huge shout-out to all of our AfterBuzz team here who makes it possible for us to do this. And, you know, we've been doing this for so many seasons together. And I want to thank you, girls, who I just have so much fun every week coming in and doing this. So thank you to you guys as well. And you can tweet at AfterBuzz at AfterBuzzTV and you can tweet me at Stephanie Wenger. I, I just gotta say, you can tweet me at Serafini TV, but thank you so much, AfterBuzz TV, for giving me the opportunity to speak about such an amazing, pivotal show in people's lives and my life, and it's just a platform for everyone to just speak their mind and be who you are and be true to yourself. And thank you guys uh, again for tuning in with us, and please keep the conversation going and keep the show alive. Uh, And you can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Exactly, and see you soon. Yeah, see you soon, all of you. Yes, keep the Glee memories alive. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, Gleeks! <laughs> 